No energy? Always fatigued? Has your got up and go got up and went? Primrose Leafs Pro Max 365 helps to produce natural energy, increase endurance and stamina, improve performance during exercise, reduce pain from fibromyalgia, and is excellent for cardiovascular support. A doctor-designed, deliciously berry-flavored formula that's great for ages 18 to 99. Order Pro Max 365 and get the natural energy you've always wanted. Call 844-376-0007. Refuel daily with Pro Max 365 and get your life back. Brent Yates is a serial entrepreneur with over 30 years of experience and success as a business owner, humanitarian, and investor. Now, despite having money and prestige, his life journey has been neither smooth nor straightforward. And in 2007, he was slowed by a mysterious illness, a crumbling marriage, shattered family relationships, and suicidal thoughts. Well, at his lowest point, God put people, organizations, and resources into his life that came around him and lifted him up from his knees. And he is here today to share his new book, The Gravity of Up, Unlock Your Potential So No One Can Hold You Down, which chronicles his journey from brokenness to holistic health to serving God's plan. So let's welcome Brent Yates to the program. Welcome, Brent. Wow. Thank you, man. Thank you for the intro. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Really. Oh, absolutely. And, and I can't wait to get into your story, but I want to know why is up not a destination, but a direction? Yeah, because you never really totally, you know, if I could reach up, right? And then it's like, where do we go from here? So I like to say to my team, like, like we're going to the moon, I'm deflecting off of that and we're going higher. So the people around me inspire me to do more. They've confirmed me along the way. And like, if we could reach it, then, you know, the, the destination's over. So it's, it's onward, brother. <laughs> well, I love the way you started out your book talking about, you know, climbing up the mountain and then really having that idea and, and really set the tone for the rest of the book. But you yeah. found redemption and abundance in life through three main pillars of health. What are they and how do they intersect? Yeah, mind, body, and soul. And it's all been said before, but I think the clarity for me was what my body was breaking down. Number one, at 48 years old, I didn't think I'd make it another day. I had MRSA, uh, I was on crutches for about a year, uh, convulsions, uh, through living life the wrong way. Like, like, like my body was saying no more. So when I thought about checking out, it was like, I didn't think, but I had a few days to live. So I saw it coming. I felt it coming in my body, but being now enlightened, I now know when, Hey, my left leg's hurting. And that point I had no idea. Didn't take enough time to pay attention to my body's breaking down. Like this thing is done. I, I like to say now that, you know, if we treat our bodies, like a like a car we're going to get rid of next year that's what we're going to have if we treat our bodies like hey it's a collection it's a collector's piece we're washing it we're shining it we put it in a special place and we take care of it because it's our pride i think too often in life and, and most of us are so busy we forget about this vessel we've been given one vessel we go through a lifetime with this thing this body that we've been gifted and if you'd have seen me then there's pictures in my book at 47 years old, I was broke down. And I, I like to use the car thing there because when the cars broke down, you either trade it in, you get another one. Well, you got one of these, so you have to take care of it. So the mind, body, and soul thing is, if it's not all clicking, it's not all working. You've either got a flat tire, or, you know, something's out of alignment. So for me, I'm working on all of it. Like how, what am I putting in here? What am I putting in here? 
and how am I connected to the man above who, who starts it all. And without that, and that's what I was missing at 47 years old, I knew about God and I knew he was there and I had built some churches and I'd been involved, but I wasn't tuned in. It wasn't my priority. And so uh, that's yet to come in those questions that, that we're going to unveil on how he became my priority. Uh, yes, we will. And I want to know something because a lot of people live their whole life uh, living by their mistakes and never learning from them. Yeah. Uh, how long did it take you to finally look in the rearview mirror and look at all the destruction that you had, that you caused? And I know that it links back to being raised by a domineering mother. You had a father that worked all the time and all of that kind of set a foundation of destruction through what three, four decades of life before you found the right path. Yeah. I, yeah, I would say it was that. And, you know, I like to say that I had all the opportunities, like what they were feeding me was really beautiful stuff if I program it right. But I wanted to take it over the top and no success was ever enough for me, whether it was in sports or in business. I just wanted more. And I think I think if I had come to grips with, hey, you're doing the right thing. And oh, by the way, there's a God that, hey, you should be helping people instead of taking whatever you can get. Like a lot of people relied on me and I helped a lot of people in their lives, but not where I'm at today. It was more, if you've got something for me, I'm gonna give you back. You need to make a living. Like we can, we can have an equal exchange. But at the same time, the way that I digested it was, it was never enough. And my, my wife and I, it, it just was not good for several years because I was, I'm an alpha, right? But not being communicative in my relationship, it was a one-way street. Like, I'm going to go do what I'm going to do. Like, I know you're there to take care of the kids, but it, it just, I just did it all the wrong way. And I think by the time I was 47 years old, like, we, you know, it's in the book, like we didn't like each other. And so it was a matter of time and the last child left. And even though I had made the decision and maybe made it over a couple of years that this marriage isn't going to work, when it got cut off and we went through the divorce, I, that's when I was just like, dude, you're a total loser. Like, and, and, and at that point, the business, business was good, but, but it's a grind. Like owning your own business, it just, it's just a grind. Right. So, so I think my whole life to that point, I had a lot of successes and a lot of advantages, but I had just done it the wrong way. And so there I was at 48 years old going, all right, I, I think I'm done with this. My body's done. Uh, I'm, I'm not connected to God. Uh, I don't, I don't have that. I don't have that life preserver. I don't, I don't know where to go next, but I had already done it. So, you know, I, I basically had checked out of life and uh, just wanted to be done with it. And I just, I didn't see my value at that point. And, you know, I just let everybody down. So that's where I was at. I mean, did you feel that um, looking back that you treated everything that you did, not from, from business to personal relationships, that you treated everything as a business? Pretty much. Or with a mindset of business? Yeah. Pretty much. And, and my dad had, had, you know, he had retired sometime earlier before I took over the business. And, you know, he had put it on me at an early age that he needed me to come in and take care of him and take care of the family. And, you know, it wasn't exactly in alignment, you know, as any kid, like, like I wanted to be a stunt man. Like I thought I had everything to be, go to Hollywood. I just wanted to play. I went to college and played basketball and I still wanted to play. I was 18, 19 years old and I didn't want to take that all on. But at the end of the day, when I did take it on, then I had a child and I'd met my wife uh, just at, in college while I was still in college and uh, I was ready to go to work and, and, and that's what I did. Wow, because I noticed that uh, in the book, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, 
you you seem to be what did you seem to be abrasive in a way in leadership absolutely yeah it was my way or the highway and and you know everybody needs a leader that you know will take you'll follow him up the mountain but i had no empathy i had no uh, like there was no excuses and 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 i led that way but you know i knew how to lead that way i was that guy i was i was i was where those guys were in my life when i was coming up through the business so uh, when I looked at somebody, I knew what I wanted and I was going to get it one way or the other. So, yeah, I was I was very domineering, very tough. Uh, I like to fight. Uh, if, if you didn't give me what I want, like like a week ago, toe to toe, I was good with that. That that was part of my manhood and my ego. And so that's all just destructive, as you know. So that's, you know, everybody knew me as, you know, if it was mine, I'm going to grab it. You try to grab it, too. I'm going to beat you to it and I'm going to take it. So it, it was a it was a destructive lifestyle for sure. Well, in your book, I mean, for all of my viewers out there and even the listeners, for those looking to develop a gratitude mindset, uh, where do you, you know, where would you suggest they start? Wow. Um, you know, I think, you know, for me now, uh, let's go, uh, I'm now 60 years old and I'm in the process, right? Now I have to describe what I do. So the gravity of up for me begins with programming the body through the mind with positivity and gratefulness. I call it putting on my shield. And so, so I can wake up, I can put my pants on, I can get my coffee and I can go in the world where I can go, oh man, I've just been blessed with another day. And I got a beautiful wife beside me that supports me. And you know, I have all these things I've been blessed with, but even if it's just the sun, and it's just the moon, like we have in my process, I got tied into that. What God has really given us is the beauty all around us. But not just going through life and, and not seeing it and truly appreciate it. That's where I was, man. It was, it was there, but I never saw it. So now I take the time, I breathe, I, I get my body calmed down first thing in the morning and, and I want to tune in. I, I want to get grateful. Once I get grateful and I'm in that mindset, now's the time when now that connection to God's open. Now I'm beyond just thanking for what's around me. I'm thanking him for what he's provided. So that connection, that relationship is completely changed by me doing it first thing in the morning or at night, by slowing my mind down. I'm, I've got a few businesses, I've got people around me, and that can be, you know, that can overwhelm your life. Or I know you're a busy guy, it's like, all right, what's next? Hey, I got my next interview, what, you know, what's that like? But if we don't take the time to prioritize what's important, like first thing, uh, you know, life's gonna come at your heart, you're gonna forget that first thing. And it gives me an advantage that I never had before. But I'm grateful, you know, I went to my knees and now I saw what God did for me. So I'm so still in that gratefulness to get another shot at life. So if you saw a picture of me at 47 years old, which is in my book, to where I am today, like, like I've been, uh, I got a new beginning. And not people, many people get that. And for me, you know, that's why I'm talking to you. That's why I wrote the book. I was encouraged by others to do that. Is you know, I want to be that guide. I want to be that resource. And I know we're going to get into that of all the people that came into my life. It's now my turn to give that back. Yeah. And, you know, one of the themes I noticed in the book, and, and I would call it a theme that, ladies and gentlemen, when you read the book, you'll see it. But I want to bring it up here because, Brent, you have leadership skills. There's literally no doubt about that whatsoever. Why is it important for someone who wants to be a leader to have faith in themselves, but also faith in God? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I talk about the Maxwell Business Bible. I was given the Maxwell in this in that in that like a three month period where I was on my knees, uh, a friend of mine reached out to 
a pastor friend of him of his that I didn't even know. And that's how that connection in Phoenix happened. So I'm in Ohio. I'm now spending time in Phoenix because I've shifted. I've, I've gone, man, I don't know what else to do. I've, I had experienced the desert just a little bit, uh, following the Buckeyes out there. I think it was in 02, 06. And I, so I went to Phoenix going, man, the moon's different out there. The mountains are different out there. And, you know, I, I think I have a chance to make a change there. Nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows how screwed up I am. So changing space and changing geography was key for me, 100%. And I still maintain a place in Phoenix and it's still my place. And, uh, but what happened was uh, a friend of mine called a pastor friend of him who I didn't, I didn't know his pastor. And he said, Hey, my friend's really in a bad place. And he's, he's in Phoenix and he's looking for a church. He's looking for a connection. And he sent me a Maxwell business Bible. And so I don't know if you, have you ever read one or had one uh, award? No, I have not. Yeah. But it just, it's all right there for leadership. Like the whole Bible, like Maxwell pulls out the good stuff as far as elite, as far as being a leader and figuring out, you know, through Solomon and, you know, through the whole Bible, how to be a man and how to lead like a man and what's expected of a leader and the pitfalls of leadership, which I saw, I had already experienced all those. So I knew what those were. Now, how do I do it different? Well, I have a blueprint, the Maxwell business Bible, any Bible is a blueprint. But for me, like he condenses it, he pulls it out and goes, man, here it is. Here's how you, how, how you should be thinking about it and how God was thinking about it through his disciples. So for me, that's, that's the secret for me is that's what I open up. And, and many days I go, you know, I, I just need a message. Like, like I'm going into whatever decision or, you know, what's going on in my life or I know I need to reboot. I just open it up and it's there. It's there for me. So that was a big one for me. I hope I answered your question. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, you did. You did. Yeah. But something cool. struck out at me as I was reading your book and you mentioned that uh, you created your own stressor and you call it emotional arthritis, which I thought was a great name. And you called it because your body and your brain hurt at all times. Mm -hmm. Success didn't bring you happiness. What finally brought you happiness? Yeah. So I think getting in alignment with really nature, but the giving proponent. So uh, a, a, there's a piece in the Bible where, you know, I've gone through this transformation and all these resources have come into my life or a life coach, uh, a trainer came in like, like I was on crutches when I arrived in Phoenix, a trainer came in, a life coach, this church came in and, and I was given all these resources to be better. And so, I'm sorry, what was your question again? <laughs> no, I, no. You, you had mentioned the term emotional arthritis yeah. because yeah. it caused your body and your brain to hurt all the time because success didn't bring you happiness. So what did bring you happiness? Yeah, so a guy came in, on a, uh, it was like I got through the piece of um, kind of my transformation and my awakening. And I'm in church and a guy came in, his, his name was Barry Cameron. And uh, he came in from Prairie, Texas to speak. And uh, uh, he wrote the book, Contagious Generosity, which is, which is in my book and I talk about it. But that piece of make more, save more and give more, like I'd never really considered that. That got me fired up. And when I started giving more, like that transformed my life. And so that whole, that whole process and that whole principle, that fundamental principle of, hey, you're 10% or whatever it is. I mean, that changed my life. And then I started looking for opportunities to give. And when I found those, like that receiving giving thing, like when I'm giving, I'm receiving, that changed my world. That, that has changed my world to this day. My wife and I started a foundation six years ago called Restore Us. And 
it, it it's just that thing. It's, it's, I've been, it's not just that I've been blessed with, it doesn't matter what amount you have, but giving and putting your place. I, I had to, when I was in Ohio, you know, still in that, okay, back and forth stage. Like I had to put, Phoenix was my place. Phoenix became my place and I was afraid to leave. And, but I needed to go back to Ohio to, to get back to work, which transformed into like, like God blew that whole business up. And uh, I ended up selling it five years ago. But, but in that place of transition, like, like I knew who I was in Phoenix. I had all my people around me, all, everybody that had come into my life. I had to go back to Ohio and put myself say, in that same place where I had failed for really 40 years. I'm, I'm back in that place. So finding opportunities to still stay real, stay uh, connected to my emotions and the giving and the empathy, that was all there. And the more I, the more I did that, the more opportunities that came. So that was the biggest piece for me that where I started to feel real value. Well, in your book, you mentioned a young man named Chris that really kind of catapulted your giving in a much different way. And this all happened right before your move back to Ohio. Can you yeah. kind of give us an overview of that little story? Yeah. So, so Don Wilson, uh, Church Christ of the Valley of Phoenix is, is the church I ended up with and ended up traveling with Don. And uh, he became a, a, a big uh, influencer in my life and still is. It was, I asked me about him in a little bit about uh, him reading the part of, his, of the book. But um, I went, as I um, started to meet people in the church, like, like uh, I met an elder, they put me with an elder. I got connected with an elder immediately uh, from the pastor in Ohio. And after about, I think it was the second winter, he saw that, you know, I was, I was ready to meet the pastor. So they introduced me to Don Wilson and we went into this dinner and I'm thinking, well, you know, I've evolved, I've, I've got my life right. You know, I've built churches before and I, I think that's where I'm headed. Like I want, this guy's building, he's, 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 he's expanding all over the place. I want to be a part of that process. I feel like that's where my skill set is. And so I go to this dinner with Don and Don, Don Wilson of CCB and he's the founder of CCB. And he's like, uh, I tell him, you know, hey, I'm, I, I'm, ready, to, I'm ready to put it out there. And what, what can I do for you? He goes, um, he goes you'll, you'll be a sidewalk greeter, Brent. And I was like, I was like, you want me to do what? Because that, you know, back then it was still there was that transition of I'm just reconnecting with people. Like, like I'm still trying to figure that piece out. He put me on the sidewalk, and so uh, every Sunday for let's go with ten Sundays in a row. First two were cool, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm doing my thing and I'm greeting and telling people to have a great day. And hey, you walk this way, and um, they kept coming by me and going, you know, where's Chris? And I heard that like two or three times one Sunday. And then the next Sunday, I, Hey, do you know where Chris is? And I'm like, you know, I'm Brent. Hey, how are you? You know, all that stuff where I thought I was bringing great energy and like, like going into the church, let's get this going, have a great service. They're like, Hey, have you seen Chris? And I'm like, finally, I was like, you know, who's this Chris guy in my head? Like, like, I think I'm bringing it. I look good. I, I've changed my life. Like, like I've got all this energy and where's Chris. So I had to find Chris one day. So I went, um, I followed these people who are looking for Chris. And from about 50 feet, I saw who Chris was. And he was 21 years old, goth looking, pink tennis shoes, goatee, but he had this most amazing spirit that I'd ever seen in my life. And so as I got to him, like I've kind of got this edge, like, like, dude, really, what do you got going on? But from 50 feet, I could see what everybody was attracted to. So anyway, we developed, we went to dinner a couple different times. And like me, like I wasn't in the church, I was on the sidewalk. I wasn't working for the church. 
And after a couple of dinners, I'm like, dude, I was like, like, you got to get in the ministry. You have to bless people. He's 21 years old. He's a carpenter. And like, he, he wasn't making much money, but he couldn't afford to take that internship and not get paid. So I, even though I didn't have a whole lot of money at the time, I, I got him to give me a, give me a budget and month by month. I paid him and it wasn't a huge amount of money, but I didn't have the money to give him to, to, to take care of him for the year, but he did his inter internship. He then went on uh, their, their payroll for like two years and they started his own church and seven years later he just married me uh six years i guess six years ago but yeah he started his own church like 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 for me to see that but for me to pay attention to that like that was a big start for me well for you i mean and i thought it was very interesting that pastor don said yeah you could be a greeter on the sidewalk yeah how much of that actually brought well it really made you humble didn't it Sure did. Don, uh, and Don, if he was on the pulpit today, he retired about five, six years ago, but he spoke to the men. And like, and like Don knew me personally now, but every time, you know, there's 30,000 people coming into this church. And every time I'd come to church, he'd, he'd be standing there challenging me. Like, how you living, Brent? How was your week? Who you living with today? Like, like what she looked like? I, I, I would have a few girlfriends, right? And he, he, he was always challenging me, always poking me, always going, you know, what's next for you? and how you live and so you know then you get to the golf story with him but but truly like like he and i were like this we traveled together but it was always like you know it, it was a brotherhood uh, and and we we really challenged each other so uh but he, for him to just go you know when i thought i was looking eyeball to eyeball with, to him in my mind and never was still to this day uh for him to put me on the sidewalk it was quite humbling and and i realized though that that challenge was really good for me yeah, and I think it would be great for many people to, if they want to get involved in church, start out as a church greeter. And uh, it's amazing what the, the Lord can do for someone when they humble themselves. Uh, you know, we all have those times where we think we're high and mighty, but yeah. there was a particular golf game with Pastor Don, and you got <laughs> challenged at the 18th hole. What happened? Amazing. So, so I love to tell this story because I played golf with Don uh, a dozen times and I like, and I, and it's true, but I make it use, usually the story a little worse than what it is, but Don's a very average golfer, but Don psychologically, he can, he, that's where he can get to you. But Don never called a shot. Like I played with him a dozen times. Again, I thought I was doing the right things in church. I changed my life, but for Don, like, like he still saw the weaknesses. He's, you know, we're all human. The humanness is all over us. Like, like we are sinners. And Don was always challenging me to be better. And so what I like to say is, you know, again, Don was an average golfer. Don never, you know, as an average golfer, you don't call your shots. You don't go, Hey, I'm going to hit this six iron five feet. You just, you just kind of do your thing, try to stay out of people's way. You don't want that much attention. Do you play golf work? No, I don't. Okay. Well, I you, suck you know, at it. <laughs> yeah. It's an individual sport. Like this, it's you, the club, the golf course, the people around you are seeing usually how bad we are. Right. And so, so you don't usually put it out there. You, in your mind, you might think, Hey, I want to hit it eight feet and I'm going to do that. But anyway, we're on this, a par three in, uh, in Anthem, Arizona with an elder, two elders actually. And one of the elders was Mac McElroy, who's in the book. And, actually uh, uh, confirmed me by signing the book. And uh, so Mac and I are partners. Don is a partner with the other elder, but we'd have a $2 Nassau no, no matter what. And that $2, like I've played for a lot of money before and, and, and had a pretty good career at golf, 
but that two dollars meant more to me than anything else like like because don was going to get my two dollars and i don't think we ever exchanged money but it was the honor of could he beat us could i beat him but again never called a shot so on the 18th hole my partner and i who was mac i think we were one up at the time uh we both hit about eh, 12 15 feet up under the hole on this part five on this part three and the hole was on a on on a on a side hill back corner and so don he is far left he's on the fringe but i'm gonna say 60 feet side hill uphill bender and so i'm standing up under the hole and like like my feet are like this that's how that's how pitched it is and so Don's looking at his shot and uh, uh, Mac and I are thinking, hey, you know, we could probably make par and win the hole. And Don is putting for two as well, but he's, you know, 50, 60 feet. He lines up to his putt and, you know, I think he's going to hit his putt. He's already looked it over and he steps back from his putt. He looks at me and Mac and goes, when I make this putt, Brent's going to rededicate his life to Jesus Christ. Well, I'm still thinking about my 15 footer. I heard what he said, but I it didn't really register at, you know, how momentous that, 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 that thought process was and where even that came from. And so he gets back over his ball and I'm still looking at my putt on the alignment and he hits that putt. And as it's traveling, like I can't tell it's going in or it might go in because of the side hill bender, right dead center of the hole. And so for, I, I mean, I would say, and it's in the book, but I don't know, Tiger Woods, you name Gary Player, Jack Nicholas make hits that putt a hundred times. I don't think it goes in. And he called one shot that I've ever played with him. One time he said, I'm gonna do such and such. And it was for my life. And that message becomes stronger every day. And you know, the message of the book is like, like, like God does care. Like about me. I had no value. Still felt like I was making a transition, but that day really put the stamp on it that I was going to go forward in a strong way. Well, how strange was it for you to let yourself become a chess piece in God's plan and stop trying to move the pieces on your own? Yeah. And so what's really cool about, I don't know, it's three or four months ago, we, we have a home in Nashville and, you know, I'm in this process and, you know, um, you know, I don't know, like next is national TV. And, you know, for me, like, like this whole process is, it's just been crazy. Right. And, and preparing for it. And, you know, when you started your, your journey, I'm sure there was days of doubt, right? And we all have days of doubt, but I have a lot, like, like I'm a pipeline welder, I'm a leader, I'm a, I'm a business guy, um, I'm a developer, but, but to put myself out here, like there's like last night I go to bed still and go, you know, really? Like, I, I got to share this again. And there's a lot of this is quite painful, right? Like, it's like, really, I got to share this again. And so I think for me, knowing uh, and again, back to Nashville, my wife and I are in church in Nashville and I felt this part, I was getting ready to do a podcast or whatever, an interview. And I just felt like I've partnered with God. And this whole thing is, is, is a platform for him. What he did for me, he challenged me at the beginning of the book, which we, we may go to, but I've partnered with him. Like he, he's given me the tools to have this conversation. 15 years ago, I couldn't have this conversation with you. I didn't have the tools. So he has prepared me for this moment. And I take this moment on, like it's he and I, like it's not just me. If it was just me and I'm here, like I got no chance. No, I, I completely understand. I mean, even I'm here, you know, interviewing you. And a lot of people don't know this. I have a few friends, a few guests who do know this, but I pray before every interview. 
And I say, Lord, I ask for a fresh anointing, but over not just me, but over my guest, over this interview. So the guest is blessed and those who listen and watch are blessed. Because, hey, I have great things on the show, but the thing is, is I want everything involved. It's kind of like what the Bible says. You want your cup full and overflowing, but that overflow has to touch everybody that is, that is around you and around what you're doing and to bring more praise and glory to the Lord with everything that we do, which brings me to a very important question for you. How did the words, you are my purpose, impact your life? Well, I think, you know, purpose, you know, I, I forget the guy's name that, that wrote Purpose Driven Life. And, and I think mission and purpose of, of, of me taking what I almost lost and gave away, it's easy for me to go, all right, I now know my mission and I know my purpose in life. And I think we're all looking for that. And I think it evolves, all of us, it evolves. Once we get there, it's, it's like the destination conversation. Like we never truly get there. For you, you don't know what's next, but you know there's more greater things for you to do in this life we've been given. So for me, purpose is the path I'm on. I want to be a guide. I wanna be that guy that that, that so many were, really, they were all my age when, when they met me. It's really kind of wild when I get to Phoenix and I'm now sitting with these guys and they've read my book and heard my story. They were my age. Now I'm that guy. That's my purpose is I want to be that guy. I want to be a resource for people that, you know, all these resources came to me. I want to be that guy now. That's my mission and purpose. Well, you know, when your housekeeper told you those words mm. and, mm. and it's a very moving part of the book, and um, and it, 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 it impacted you because you were already on this journey to become yeah. better, you know, yeah. with your body, your mind, your spirit, you're going to church, but you're not just going, you're having a relationship with the Lord. And then she tells you these four words in mm -hmm. her final, final days yeah. that you were my purpose. What did that mean to you? You know, um, I still, I still struggle with that. You know, I, uh, you know, she was put there for a guide for me and, you know, I thought I was guiding her. And, you know, when she told me like, like when she called everybody for this party, like it gets, still gets me emotional. Uh, I had taken Christina with me and I had only met Christina like two weeks before, uh, she had this, uh, party, uh, kind of, uh, at the end of her life. And, uh, it took me by, uh, it, man, uh, the, just the number one, I was humbled for sure. Number two, had I done enough, but really I was your purpose. And I realized in that moment, like she was sent there for me. And, and, and if I gave her energy to do more, like how beautiful was that? Like I sent, I called the lady that replaced her, the place replaced Christy, which no one could, but she had, she had set up somebody to take her place when she could no longer be there. And so about, I don't know, three or four months ago, I called her and I said, Hey, I said, know that I've written this book and, you know, Christie's got a, several pages in the, in the book. And, but for me to go through that and, uh, realize that, you know, I could be a force in somebody's life. That was really a, a, an awakening moment for me just to know what I was maybe capable of, uh, but that she saw that much in me was humbling for sure. Well, when did you notice that instead of being mentored that you yeah. yourself became a mentor to others? Yeah, I think that was a big piece of it right there. Um, uh, I, th I think, 
having you know many many employees all my life i think in 2015 everything shifted for our company and and how i fed them uh how i gave them tools how i tried to tie them into a greater purpose that uh, that's when that really started in our company 14 15 i had made this change and and now i'm giving them books and i'm talking about the change and i'm talking about value and, and i'm talking about team in a whole different way and so I think it was really 14, 15 when that happened, where I changed the culture of our company and, and we just, we went just due north and it was just so cool to see, but I cared about people. I cared about now, not just what they could give me, how could I make them better in their whole lives? Like I still wanted from them and they still needed from me, but man, what if, what if I could tie them into something way greater than, than what they were thinking of and ever would have thought of. So I started giving them those tools and, I would take my top 40 guys and I'd go, man, here's what's changed my life. And here's what I think can change your life. Take a look at it and then talk about what that was. Well, one of the, one of the powerful areas, and there's many powerful areas in your book, um, Brent. And ladies and gentlemen, this is a book that I would highly recommend that you buy, pick it up, read it. I mean, literally open it up and read it, okay? But Brent, I want to ask you something because you were... You were, in a way, you were toxic, you were abrasive, yeah. but let's turn this around because you saw those things when you went back to Ohio and you wanted to change the way you ran your company by really speaking better to your employees. So we all speak to ourselves. Many people speak negative words about themselves. And you called it, and I love this because it is so true. You called it self-fulfilling prophecy. And um, and ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I mean this in a negative sense, okay? When we can turn it around and be a positive sense. But you wrote in your book, constantly beating ourselves up and then always being the victim. So how can we break out of that routine and start speaking more highly about ourselves and our surroundings? Yeah. It, it's all about the programming. Like what are, I, I brought my uh, 13 year old granddaughter on uh, for a podcast and that's kind of where I started. I started doing podcasts and bringing, not, she wasn't one that inspired me, but people that inspired me and, and, and got me to think about, you know, being different. So I think, I think all that process is part of that process and, and, and how do you change? So, so for me, I uh, apologize again, I, I lost the question, I'm sorry. No, about, uh, you know, speaking, you know, speaking positively about ourselves instead of speaking negative, because sure. once we get those words out of our mouth, we're creating our future at that very moment. Yeah. So my, my life coach, uh, this is, uh, right into 2009, right through all this transformation, like in my journal, I wrote, and he made me write this. And at the time I really didn't want to write it, but in that process of changing my programming, it was love and compassion for myself and others make someone else's day. And, and that was, that was every day for me when that changed, when that programming changed that, Hey, this just isn't about you, Brent Yates. And you may have an opportunity to pack somebody if I make change. And so that was a big part of, and I, I think for everybody, it's what are we allowing our children to put in our minds? Are, are we, are we, are we putting the good stuff in? Cause if the good stuff goes in, it has a chance to come out. If the bad stuff's coming in, the good stuff gets trapped 100%. So for my kids, my grandkids, those around me, the influences, the people that we're listening to, 
like like who are they and who's putting them out there so I, I i think you know our world needs to hear from you and i number one flat out we've been blessed we have a message we we talk about you know the positivity and gratefulness in our lives and most people aren't doing that they're they're just you know they're just trying to survive so key for us is our program what are we putting in our mind what's coming out what's our focus and simplest love and compassion for ourselves and others like that's where it started for me well you have to learn to love yourself before you can start loving others and of course you and i both know that when you plug into the lord you start understanding what unconditional love is and he starts to refine us like silver so we can shine and be a reflection of his glory but you said something in your book and this is a very important part of life, ladies and gentlemen. So if you've messed up, you've made a ton of mistakes, you know you're the problem. But it, Brent, in your book you said, how can revisiting the painful places in our lives help us to move up? Yeah, yeah, cool. Here, one, one great point of that is um, my life coach brought me to California. And uh, as you know, water is a part of my story. And, I had to come here, it was 2009, you know, in, in this whole revival of me, and I had to interact. He made me, I don't wanna say he made me, I, I agreed to interact with the homeless. And I agreed to interact with anybody that would look at me. And the energy I was putting off was a beautiful energy because I, I was there to feed people, not just here, but here. And, and, and what we emit, like, like what we're now emitting through COVID and everybody's got a mask on, and, you know, nobody will look at me anymore. It's like, it's like people won't, they may glance at you, but nobody wants to connect anymore. That piece is huge in our life and that has to change. Like we got to get reconnected to people. But anyway, he brought me to California and I would take food to, to um, people on the beach, uh, homeless on the beach. And that whole thing was, you know, as I look back, like, like they didn't want, they didn't want to interact with me. They, they thought I was the boogeyman. Like, are you FBI or, you know, do you want to fight? What do you, you know, what do you, I'm like, man, I'm here to help you. But we're all, I think, at certain points in our life, we're, we're, we're close to the beach. And the next step is the water. And so for me, that experience of, of going, wow, that's all real. And that's, you know, I got thrown right back in the fire. I, I called my wife and just said, you know, my ex-wife. And, you know, I think in the book, you know, I, I, I'm, I was the villain, 100%. But really going back to the beach was, was huge for me to go, wow, you know, and, and I really think, you know, we, I want to be that guy that goes, you know, we, we have been there. We could go there. I'm a resource for it. Let's not go there because it is, <laughs> it is there. Yeah. And you, there are so many stories, ladies and gentlemen, in Brent, in Brent's book. And we're, we're not going to discuss them all here because you got to read the book because you need to dive deep. Uh, many of you, uh, I love you because you're a reader. You love to learn. Many of you love to get better. This is one of those books that I highly suggest. And so, Brent, where can all where can my audience follow along with your journey, get connected with you, and where the, where can they get this copy of your book? Yeah, the book's available on Audible, uh, Amazon. How, you know, however however you Google me, you'll find the book. Uh, but I think our website's key too: gravityofupbreakingyates.com. Like, like the challenge at the beginning of the book, which is, we talked about it briefly and we won't go into that challenge, but I've accepted the challenge and it's, it's a dramatic challenge that came to me 
uh, to give back and, and, and the resources that I have and the people around me, that's what we're doing is we're trying to give back, not trying, we are giving back in our messaging. I have amazing people around me listening to what I'm doing, trying to, trying to, trying to communicate that with others. But my wife's an Enneagram coach and uh, the songs and whatever can inspire you to get out of the ditch. Like I'm, like I realized what I was in the ditch, know that I was in that place. And so I have empathy for you, number one, because it's a painful, lonely place to be. And had people and resources not come to me, like I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. So we wanna be that resource for people. And that's the challenge that I've taken. So BrentYates.com, Gravity of Up, uh, and you'll learn truly what the Gravity of Up is all about. And, and, and it's truly where we're going. It's all where we need to be focused. And that's, that's straight up. And so, um, you know, uh, you'll find me anywhere. It's pretty cool to be, I, I, I love to tell the story uh, I was with my uh, daughter the other day and, and my grandboys are five and eight or whatever. And they're like, grandpa, pa, we were Googling, Googling you at school. And I'm like, what? And, and it was like, before I even knew I was on Google, it was just the coolest thing for your grandkids, for that legacy. I'm really proud of where I'm at. I'm proud of what I'm trying to do. And, you know, I'm inspired to give it back, man. Amen to that. And ladies and gentlemen, just listen for a moment. We are all searching for something more in life. I want you to know that the more you are searching for is you. So yeah. don't let anything or anyone be your answer because it is only up to you. So yeah. please know wherever you are on your journey, you are exactly where you need to be. Whether well. this is your first step forward to growth or your one millionth time, as it says in Brent's book, and if you take it all one step at a time, great things can happen. Now it's time for you to unlock your potential so no one can hold you down. Brent Yates wrote The Gravity of Up, a God-inspired journey from silent self-destruction to knowing the Lord knows your every step. So stop for a moment, let him in so he can help you find the very person he created you to be. So Brent, I want to thank you so much for coming on to the program today. And one more time, what is the website that everybody can go to, to connect with you? I know BrentYates.com and then what yeah. gravityofup.com. Gravity of up, you know, the adventure starts here, man. And I think last thing, well done. Hey, a pleasure to meet you. And, and, and I feel you and like, keep doing what you're doing. Any way I can help you, man, you, you're, you are rocking, love your energy and what I'm, what you're doing out there is amazing. Uh, but but the adventure starts with change. And a lot of people fear adventure and fear change. But man, take it all in. Take every resource you can find to move the needle. It's there that the adventure starts. And it's free. Like resources are everywhere. You're feeding them right here. Take it in. Make change. And when you see that change, like that's where it all starts. That's the adventure. That's right. Is he, Brent, I love people like you because in reality, there's no comfort in the comfort zone. We got to step out and, and ladies and gentlemen, like a friend of mine had told us before, if you're looking out to the water, well, that's a step of faith and leave fear on the sand. So ladies yeah. and gentlemen, again, Brent Yates, The Gravity of Up, an absolutely fantastic book that will motivate you, inspire you, and let you know that, yeah, we all make mistakes in life, but guess what? As long as you're living and breathing, you can make change for yourself, 
and for those around you. So stick around because I'll be right back with more. Awesome.